Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to the Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalong. FM 104. It's Room 104. It's Cormac and Sir here now. What started off as a currency or something that you would usually just use to buy drugs off the dark web and the Silk Road website that it was set up years ago has now become much more mainstream. It's almost like everyone is doing it and it's a fashion staple that people are like getting nice shoes, a nice car and making sure that you have some form of cryptocurrency or you're not modern at all. Well, some someone who went down the rabbit hole and made a hell of a lot of money from cryptocurrencies and lost a hell of a lot of money again from doing that joins us now on the line to talk about his very, very interesting story and where he is now and can maybe shed some light onto this whole area if you've constantly heard about cryptocurrency in the news and you're like, I have no idea what it is. What is a meme coin? What is a, a, a Doge coin? What is Bitcoin? All of that stuff uh, will be explored and answered because we are delighted to welcome onto the show now uh, Peter McCormick, sir. How are you? I'm good, man. How you doing? Yeah, we're doing good. Um, Peter, can you just take us back? How did you get into this? Tell me about your story, really. Well, it, it was exactly as Cormac was saying. It was like back in 2017. Uh, actually, it was back in 2013. One of my friends told me about a website you could buy drugs from and uh, you needed a single Bitcoin. It's called the Silk Road. I was like, what? <laughs> he said, yeah, it's like Amazon. You can buy drugs and you need Bitcoin and all the dealers are reviewed. So I was buying uh, drugs on the Silk Road. Uh, kind of ignored it after a while. And uh, and then back in 2017, uh, I was in Ireland with my uh, my parents and uh, discovered it again and went on a bit of a roller coaster journey. I mean, this story of making and losing money, is quite an old story. It happened in uh, back in 2017, 2018. Uh, I've made a lot more money again. So I'm not broke. So when when this kind of kicked off, how? Because I've chatted to some people or know friends of friends of people, you know these urban legends of the Silk Road, and I've seen the website before. I think it's taken down now, and it's exactly what you said. It's like an eBay or an Amazon for drugs and for guns and for fake passports, and it was so unbelievable. Uh, and I just know I'd say ninety percent of people would be terrified to ever put in an order because then they'd be like, the police will just show up on my doorstep. But were you successfully able to get drugs delivered over the over the internet? Yeah, and a lot of them um, because there was just a simple set of rules. Uh, and one of them was you just didn't put your real name on the postage. So you had the address and not the name. And if it turns up, you say, well, it's, it's not me. I'm I'm not John Turner. I'm Peter McCormack. Um, but also the, the dealers didn't want their uh, produce being confiscated. So they would vac seal and they would put them in Amazon packs. Uh, and 
and that was the rediscovery back in 2017. My, my mother was in uh, Sligo Hospital. She was, she was dying from cancer and we wanted to get her cannabis oil to help with her treatment. And so I just explained how the dark web worked to my dad, bought some Bitcoin, we bought some cannabis oil. The interesting thing about the dark web is lots of people think about the Silk Road as this like awful website for drugs. But actually, uh, I see it completely different, completely differently. I see it uh, as a website about freedom and liberty and being able to do what you want. The, the government said I couldn't treat my mother with cannabis oil because under their rules a, a, you know a group of uh, idiots in uh, parliament says that we're not allowed to do this i was like well fuck that i don't care what you say my mum's dying i'm getting her this so i always saw the silk road as a website of liberty and i'm now f- i i know uh, the the creator ross albrick who's sadly in prison for the rest of his life and i know his mother quite well she's we've become very good friends oh, yeah were you ever ever afraid that it was all going to go tits up for you and you were going to get caught and you were going to be in serious trouble no, I never cared. I mean, to be honest, it was a much better way of buying drugs than going to Tesco and you know, waiting for someone to turn up. And would they turn up? And when they do turn up, what did they supply? You know, was it cut with something else that would make you ill? The, the truth is drug prohibition has completely and utterly failed. The war on drugs has completely failed. Nobody's, nobody doesn't do drugs because there's a law against it. Uh, but what it has done is increase risk and violence in the system. I think if you look to the US as a model, the legalization of cannabis or the decriminalization in most states hasn't seen the world collapse. Actually, what you've seen is the professionalization of the industry. And you now have places where you can go, you can get your cannabis uh, in all different types and forms, you get consulted. And, and I similarly feel like that should be the way for, for most drugs. And uh, you can provide much better rehab programs for people who, who maybe become addicted to drugs. But the, the war on drugs has completely failed. And we're also seeing in the US now that there's consideration for mushrooms. There's treatment of uh, soldiers with PTSD, with uh, MDMA. So I think we're moving to a new world where we've realized a prohibition is both dumb, uh, an infringement on liberties and a complete failure and leads to more death and violence. We've chatted to people before who, who are, you know, researching using MDMA for, as you said, stress and different disorders and alcoholics and alcoholism as well. And really, really uh, interesting. But how did you go then from using it for those reasons to kind of help treat your mother in, 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 in a small way to then getting a bit more seriously involved into Bitcoin? Because I mean, I think every second person you talk to right now is always like, oh, are you getting any Ethereum? Or are you getting any of this coin, that coin? But how did you transition into doing this a little bit more seriously? Well, so that was early 17. So after mum had passed, uh, you know, it's like in Ireland, it's two days and then you have a funeral. So I was sat there for 24 hours. And I was like, well, we have some Bitcoin left over. I'll go and sell it and give my dad the money back. And I was on the Coinbase website and I was just reading about this other thing, Ethereum. And I was out of work at the time. I was like in between jobs. So I was like, whatever, let's take a look at this. And I had some money in the bank. I put 25,000 pound in, bought a bunch of Bitcoin and a bunch of Ethereum. And then Ethereum started to rock it and Bitcoin was going up. So then I just divested into, I don't know, maybe 50 different altcoins. And for most of that year, it was just, it was up like a rocket ship. I think by about November, I was up to about 1.2 million different cryptocurrencies I owned. (laughs) And for someone who doesn't really know anything about cryptocurrency, could you have taken that money out and had it as cash? Like, was were you worth a million at that stage? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, at any point I could have sold it. Maybe you wouldn't have the liquidity to hit exactly 1.2 million, but yeah, you could. You could sell it. I didn't see it ending. I didn't. I just felt like this. This was a, a revolution in technology and blockchains were going to save the world. Blah blah blah. The, the the narrative that was spinning at the time. So I was, you know, I I was like full set on you know, one million is not enough. 
come on, five million or whatever. So I was just being greedy and a bit of a moron and uh, chasing it up. Yes, yeah, sorry, I just jump in there just before we talk about the inevitable crash that's coming. A good, great part of every story. How many months did it take for the thirty grand or the twenty-five grand to go to one point two million? So I started in January. I mean, I was buying in January and February and then traded from February up to, it's about November. I mean, it was a long time ago, so I can't remember the exact dates, but I do remember December of that year, I was at Center Parks with my dad and my kids. And my dad was like, look, you should take some money out now. You can buy a couple of houses. And I was like, yeah, no, it's a good idea. So I'd, I set up my laptop and I was about to go and sell. And my daughter came running over. She was only about, I don't know, four or five at the time, bumped into the table and I had a glass of red wine and it fell onto the laptop. It fried the laptop. So I didn't have, I was like, oh, I can't do it now. I'll do it when we get back in a few days. And look, I never did. And you know how this story went. Oh, like it actually kills me to even hear this. So then what did happen? Well, look, the market crashed. But the thing is like on the way up, uh, it crashed a few times as well. Like, you know, 30% crashes in cryptocurrency uh, prices are, are quite regular. So come January, it crashed 30%. I thought nothing of it will come back, uh, but it didn't. It just kept going down. I'd also invested a load of money in Bitcoin mining equipment and a bunch of other stuff. But I mean, the short version of the story is that that 1.2 million within, I don't know, by mid-2018, I think at my lowest point, I got that was about sixty thousand. Yeah, a hefty tax bill indeed. Um, but like that must have been some sort of roller coaster um, of a ride because I can't imagine. I don't know if I would have had the the the, the stay in power to see it up to one point two million. But it, it's that kind of thing, isn't it? As you said, you never really know when it's rocketing up when you should sell because, as you said, you got to one point two, you're like, you know what, at five million, then I'm going to exit. But then you probably would have got to five and said, no, no, at ten million. Then we're getting out. So that must have been a, a roller coaster of emotions, as they say. Yeah, but but I had a target. The five million was based on the fact that I, I wanted to buy this could sound so dumb, right? I, I wanted to buy Bedford Town Football Club. I, I live in a shit town with a shit football team. Like we're the worst. We're in the lowest of lowest leagues. So I'd sat down with my friend and like we mapped out buying them and getting them into the football league. And I was, we we figured it was a five million pound project. So I was like, get to five million, I'll take all the money out and we'll plow it all into a football. Like I'm always gonna earn okay money. I've got like experience in marketing. I don't, I don't need a big house or stupid stuff. Yeah, so 5 million was the target. And then obviously that didn't happen and uh, all crashed down. But look, I had so much fun that year. You know, I was prior to uh, investing, I was in between jobs, you know, didn't have a, a huge amount of money, didn't know what I was going to do with myself. And then within three months, I'm flying first class to America. I'm spending weeks in LA hanging out. I buy myself a watch and a car like you know, I, I lived a, a pretty cool life that year. I had a lot of fun, you know, financially irresponsible, but a lot of fun. And so now where are your thoughts on cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, all the rest of it? Is it dangerous? No, no. I mean, it, it depends how you look at it. Uh, it's it's a casino for sure. Most, I mean, look, there's two things. There's Bitcoin and then there's shit coins. Like everything that isn't Bitcoin is a shit coin uh, because they're dumb. They make no sense, really, logically. I mean, there's some some arguments around Ethereum, but Bitcoin itself is sound money. Arguments around Bitcoin, every single argument against it has been pretty much debunked these days. Uh, we're living in a world of uh, massive money printing by central banks and government, and we're seeing inflation hit. Um, we've just seen the CPI in the US it's been creeping up. I think it's like 4.8% now. We're seeing inflation. Bitcoin is a fixed uh, supply currency of 21 million coins. It cannot be inflated. It is a hedge against inflation. It is also money that can't be censored or seized. Um, and it is, to some extent, uh, a, a 
global form of money. I'm like, I'm calling you now from El Salvador and I'm in a place called El Zonte, which has had an explosion in Bitcoin. I have a global currency. I can go and buy, I, I actually can go and buy a, co- a cup of coffee and send Bitcoin over the Lightning Network and pay them. And uh, this is raising the living standards of people in El Salvador. So it is an important f- form of global currency. Anybody ignoring it is is ignoring reality, is ignoring a revolution. And I, I, I'm, I'm a big supporter of Bitcoin. I, I have the biggest Bitcoin podcast in the world. I've dedicated my life to it. I've made films about it. Everything else is just, you can go and trade it. You might make some money or you'll lose some money. But if you're not stacking sats and getting on the Bitcoin train, you're, you're missing out in the fundamental change to how money works in this world. And, and ultimately, do you think that's where it's going to go? Because I know, you know, governments and central banks like their control and regulation and are maybe scratching their heads about what to do with Bitcoin. But do you ultimately think that Bitcoin and digital currencies will become the norm and cash and cash currencies will be gone in 10, 20, 30 years? Look, the timeline is hard to predict. I think there'll be two types of money that we're going to uh, converge on. It's Bitcoin and CBDCs, which are central bank digital currencies. It makes sense for central banks to issue these. They can provide greater surveillance. They don't have to ma- manage uh, physical cash, which is a problem. Um, it's it's the uh, authoritarian's wet dream. Uh, but there are freedom fighters and freedom lovers who want Bitcoin. Uh, what I would do is I'd put a question to you. If you offer two forms of money, one that you get to hold yourself that cannot be seized by the government and that cannot be inflated by the government, cannot be debased, and that you can send to anybody you want in the world and receive funds? Or do you want a form of money whereby it's issued by the government and they can take it from you when you want, they can sense who you can send it to, and they can inflate it and and debase your uh, buying power with your hard-earned income? Which form of money would you want? I have uh, uh, pretty much 100% of my money in Bitcoin. Uh, I hold eight weeks cash flow for business and personal in pounds just so I can operate my business and pay my mortgage. Everything else is in Bitcoin. And and that's proved to be a very wise decision. And as, as you travel the world and you look at the kind of crappy behavior of central banks, you look at the incompetence of uh, all of our governments you know, universally around the world. The Bitcoin thing just makes sense, but you have to do the work. You know, you can listen about Bitcoin, you can hear about ransom attacks, and you can hear about uh, uh, the, the challenges like people make with regards to, is it environmentally unfriendly? You can listen to all that nonsense and go, ah, oh, you know, I'll just pass it by. Or you see the price at $55,000 and you think you've missed the boat, but you just haven't done the work. I mean, if you go and do the work, you will see that Bitcoin will go to $100,000 and it will go to a million dollars. People converge on the best form of money and the best form of money cannot be debased. I'd say if you haven't got Bitcoin, uh, what the hell are you doing? Send me, get, a, get an address. I'll send you some. Yeah, we'll talk later. Once we're off air, we'll be, what, what's going on? Let's sort this out. Um, right now, though, the whole, uh, as you mentioned, that there's the Bitcoin and then everything else is, is a shit going. There seems to be an explosion in cryptocurrencies and uh, even for the last year, maybe especially in the last two years, so many people I know that would have never invested in anything don't have a pension or savings are now mad for cryptocurrencies and, and they're going it's, it's a bit like the wild wild west at the moment is it and is i suppose there's, there is a risk there because you, obviously you mentioned at the start a bit like a casino but i'm sure some people are going to get badly burnt and be taken away for a bit of a ride with some of these yeah they will be you know when the rug's pulled they will be all these people pumping money into doge coin you know when people realize there's zero developers working on it and it has little to no use uh, the rug will be pulled the uh, the rich bag holders will exit and people will be left holding something that's worth less and they'll lose money that isn't the case with bitcoin bitcoin will see a drawdown ultimately bitcoin if you follow the long-term tra- trajectory of it and you're patient and you put the put the time in you know it's it's the soundest investment of the lot if you want to be a trader you want to gamble then go and trade these these shit coins but ultimately they don't have a use case they're centralized uh, they aren't an exit from uh, government fiat currency uh, and the problem that most of them are is like 
if you could, if you had a money printer, if you can suddenly create a money printer in your bedroom and start printing money, would you? Of course you would. We all would. And this, this is all these shit coins are. They're just people who are greedy and they want to make money. They want to sell uh, scams. They want to uh, sell blockchain, blockchain dreams. And they spend some of that. People trade it. They pull the rug and they run away. Whereas Bitcoin was created by Satoshi Nakamoto. He's essentially one of the richest people in the world. He hasn't spent a single dime of his Bitcoin. Like he's left everything there. And he exited the project because his goal was to create money that government can control that would end central banking. And uh, I would say, put the work in, be patient, think long-term and uh, Bitcoin's where you should have your money. And where do you see it developing then in the next kind of 10, 20 years? Next 10, 20 years. Well, look, we will have a battle between Bitcoiners and central banks and governments. Governments like surveillance, governments like control, governments like stealing from us. There's no uh, benefit to, to, to the government for people having Bitcoin. So they will continue to try. It's kind of like the thing about Bitcoin is kind of inevitable. You only want to hold the best form of money. And the best way to explain this, listen, I've been out to Venezuela right uh, spent a lot of time there under the uh, you know they're under a maduro post chavez regime and they have probably the worst money in the world and when you get there they don't they don't want bolivars they don't want bolivars that's essentially a shit coin itself they want dollars they want crisp dollars or they want bitcoin because they know there's mo- their money's worthless they know that because they've gone through hyperinflation we're going through what i would say is slow cynical inflation two percent three percent four percent so much so that you don't really think about it but our wages going up two three four percent no so we, we're having our uh, uh purchasing power slowly debased if, if you go to a place where they you know argentina is another example turkey right now zimbabwe any of these countries what they've seen massive inflation they don't want their local currency i see the writing on the wall for the dollar the pound the yen the euro and I've moved everything into Bitcoin because of that. Um, and then obviously, before we let you go, I appreciate you giving up your time. If you've just tuned in, we're chatting to Peter McCormick. He, he runs one of the world's biggest uh, Bitcoin podcasts and has had a roller coaster variety over the last couple of years. But you are, so you mentioned you're back, obviously you're back investing, but have you had a, you've had growth over the last number of years and you haven't lost at all then? No, no, no. No, I'm in a way better position than I was. Yeah, you know, I've got a, my podcast does very well. I've managed to move that a lot into Bitcoin. I wish I had the Bitcoin I had back. If I had the Bitcoin I had back in 2017, I would be worth over 10 million, which would be <sighs> lovely. But it is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. But it, it, you know, sometimes getting wrecked and losing all your money is a real good teacher. Uh, I'm much more conservative and disciplined with my um, investing now. And uh, yeah, it's uh, we're in a very different place, but. If anybody wants to find out a little bit more, uh, where's the best place you would tell them to go? I would say go and listen to my podcast. It's called What Bitcoin Did. It's at whatbitcoindid.com. I'm on Twitter at Peter McCormack. My DMs are open. Reach out to me. Got any questions? Happy to help. Brilliant. Well, uh, Peter, thanks a million for giving up your time this evening. Go check out his podcast and find him online as well for more uh, for more info. Explore that whole topic because it's going to be, it'll be here for the foreseeable future anyway. But listen, man, thanks a million for popping on F104 tonight. Thanks for having me. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.